0: In the case of my dad, when you would give him a chore to do, regardless of how simple it was, it wore him out.
1: Dementia is a long-term fatal disease, and it's been described as the long, slow goodbye. Hi, I'm Bobby, and I was a caregiver for my father-in-law, Roger, for seven years. And having done that, I knew I wanted to support caregivers any way that I could. I am now a certified caregiving consultant and a certified caregiving educator.
0: And I'm her husband, Mike. I also helped take care of my father uh, for the seven years that he lived with us. And since that time, I've become a certified caregiver advocate.
1: And this is Roger That, the podcast dedicated to guiding you through the heavy haze of dementia.
0: Here, we will focus on the caregiver, offer our practical insights and share some emotional support. And maybe even a few laughs along the way, which we all know is the best medicine.
1: And don't forget the wine.
0: Nope, cannot forget that wine.
1: It was hard to watch over the years as Roger's ability to do everyday activities diminished.
0: Boy, was it ever. I remember as a kid growing up, he was like superman for me, And then to see how physically he was decimated at the end and also mentally decimated at the end, it was extremely, extremely difficult for me.
1: And for me as well, because when he first came to live with us, he, he was physically very strong and he seemed to be making an absolutely wonderful adjustment. Yeah. And I remember how he used to go out and he would walk for 30, 40 minutes, three times a day. And he knew exactly everything that was going on in the neighborhood. Who had and,
0: dogs.
1: <laughs> and what well, really thought.
0: He was thriving.
1: He was, he was thriving in our care, and this was going to be OK. And then, of course, eventually all of that changed. So that brings us to today's guest who, while watching her parents assist the neighbor's elderly, learned that patience is truly a virtue and that tenderness and kindness matter. Those lessons proved invaluable to her as she became the full-time caregiver for her mom who was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Please welcome to our show, Penny Patnod.
0: Hi, Penny. Hi, guys.
1: Thanks so much for having me here today. You know, listening to you talk and and do presentations for caregivers uh, over the last couple of years, I knew that having you on the show would be a big asset to our listeners because you have so much valuable information to share
2: thanks, Bobby, you know, caregivers like yourself and Mike, we're just, we're a special breed of people and it takes a special individual to give up so much of themselves.
1: You know, I have to agree that caregivers are special, but I also like to let people know that caregivers are just everyday people. One of the things that used to bother me when I was a caregiver was somebody looking at me and saying, oh, you must be a saint because I almost feel like some people think, as long as you have to be something really special in order to do this, that they can't do it. And it's true that not everybody should do this, but more people are capable of doing it than they realize, especially in the beginning. And it's so important to get that information out there because the baby boomers are definitely going into the time of life when they're going to need care, Um, but, it's very important for the younger people to understand what's coming their way. I, I believe I heard you mention the the tsunami and it, it's already headed in our direction. And it's one of the reasons why I feel it's so important for ad- working adults to learn as much as they can about the dementias before and after it, it strikes home. And I want my children to know how to take care of me. And that's one of the reasons why I do what I do now.
2: Oh, that's wonderful. Um, and let's hope that your kids
1: will be there to
2: take care of you <laughs> because, you know, it, 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 caregiving can be difficult um, and there are some challenges that come along with it. And the thing that gets us through, you know, it's the support from others and learning as much as we can. So dementia is something that a lot of people are freaking out about, Um especially if they have a loved one, if it's hereditary within their family, people worry about, will I have the genes? You know, am I going to end up with Alzheimer's or dementia? And there are some things that an individual can be on the lookout for.
0: Why don't you share a couple of those with us? I'd love to, Mike.
2: Uh, Some warning signs. Now, you know, as we get older, we're going to have memory loss. That is just, Typical part of aging. And I'm not saying that it's going to be massive. And if we have some memory loss, don't freak out and say, I have dementia. You know, forgetting where you leave the keys at occasionally, that's something that people start to do in their, you know, late 40s, early 50s. But something that might really be of concern is if your loved one starts frequently forgetting things and it starts to become lost on a regular basis. Like, Let's see if you've been going back and forth to the same supermarket for the last 10 years, and now all of a sudden you're getting lost going to the grocery store and coming back home. That is certainly something that would flare up a red flag.
1: One of the things that I I found interesting that I heard one time was, if you're worried about it and nobody else is, you're okay but if everybody else is worried about it and you're not that's a sign that something's gone gone very wrong <laughs> because you know at, very often I will be in the middle of a sentence and I'll forget a word and it'll take me a little while for it to come back to me and I can't help it I've worked in the caregiving world for so long I begin to think uh-oh and you know is is this a sign and there was a day when um, I received an email with a picture of my granddaughter and I couldn't think of her name. And we have eight grandchildren, five girls and three boys. And so I'm thinking it's not Ava, it's not Mallory. And I couldn't think of her name. And I said to Mike later in the day, I said, you need to keep an eye on me. I could not remember Rachel's (laughs) name today. And he said to me.
0: Honey, when when our kids were growing up, you couldn't remember their names either and had to go through the whole list before you got to the right one to include the dog. Oh,
1: you so, so you're right in, in pointing out the difference between what's normal aging and what is something that you need to be concerned about.
2: Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I have a 17 year old and some days I can't, you know, there are things that I want to call him, but he doesn't <laughs> necessarily come to mind. So I completely get it. So Let's not worry about small things like that. But something that really might be um, a a cause for concern is, let's say that you visit your loved one and you're noticing that the mail is starting to pile up. The mail is going unopened and -hmm. you're starting to see little piles. That's something that you might want to um, take notice of because This might become too much for them, overwhelming. They might get confused with the bill. Pay attention to, you know, any first or second notices before you get to the point where things start to shut off. Also clutter. If there is a person that has been, you know, relatively neat for most of their life, and now you're starting to notice that their place doesn't look as kept as it used to, the same thing for the individual themselves. You know, as ladies that look as fine as Bobby and I do, um, <laughs> even though the, the podcasters can't see how gorgeous we are, um, we have to say, you know, you, you take, we take an amount of pride. You, you get your nails done, your hair done, you put your makeup on. And if you notice that this individual isn't doing these things on a regular basis, that's a sign of concern. I noticed that with my mom. That was one of the, you know, she wasn't, she wasn't looking as good as she used to. And it was like, hey, what's going on here? Um, fortunately for me, I had a loved one that said, there's something that I just, there's something not right with me. I, I, I just don't feel like myself. And that's very common for individuals that um, are starting out in the early stages. Of, of um particularly alzheimer's
0: i was just going to confirm for the listeners that yes they're not only beautiful outside but they're beautiful inside too <laughs> Aww, <you're laughs> sweet. You're sweet. You're sweet.
2: but yeah when individuals start to say and not everyone does but it's you know grandma or grandpa they, they might be saying those words or forgetting words now we talked about you know Memory loss as we age, yeah, okay, that's that's kind of common. But when they consistently begin to forget simple words uh, like "I'm I'm hungry," so I think I'm gonna go make myself um, 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 a meal instead of maybe saying the word dinner. Little things of that nature. If you see a change in behavior with individuals. If they start to make odd comments, that's that's cause of concern. Uh, also, individuals that show signs of depression. Isolation is very big in the elderly population. In fact, isolation is, is just becoming a, a problem in our country in general with social media and other things. But for the elderly individuals, when they are isolated, Um, it's a sign of depression. And if you notice that your loved one has become less active, they're not socializing. Maybe they go to church or mass, you know, every Sunday and now they're, they're not doing it. They're doing it maybe every other month. That's a cause for concern. Now, we have to be very careful because the medical field will often misdiagnose depression as a form of dementia. We just assume that a person is elderly in age and they're, you know, glum and they're not with it. They're on the track where they have the beginning signs of dementia. So if you have a loved one out there, make sure that you look at every single option before the individual is put on to some type of medication, because if the person is just going through um, depression, and if it's not dementia, if they are put on meds for uh, something that isn't there, such as dementia, that's going to throw everything off and the individual is going to end up having some major problems.
1: I can see where that could definitely be a problem. Right. But when you're talking about changes in behavior, I, I, I wanted to bring up a conversation I had recently with a, a caregiver who um, she would come into the caregiver support group and she brought her, her mother to the senior center and she would, play, she would play bridge and she would do some um, exercise classes while her daughter was in the So she, We knew that she had very early uh, dementia and she was doing really well. But recently the daughter came into the class and she said, people are noticing they need to give her a lot more assistance when she's playing bridge. And all of a sudden, mom doesn't wanna to go to her exercise class. And she always loved it. She loved the people. She loved the activity. And now all of a sudden, she says she doesn't wanna go anymore. And the conversation within the group brought the daughter to realize her mother was entering a new stage of dementia and um, was going to need some more support. So subtle changes like that can, can be a, a, a real hint that something's going on as well.
2: You're absolutely right, Bobby. Absolutely. And depending upon, you know, what the, the dementia itself is, is it, you know, is the disease, I'm sorry, is the disease Alzheimer's, is it Parkinson's, is it Lewy body? Um, it, it, it's often difficult to get these things diagnosed appropriately. But one thing that we do know is that there is always a decline with these uh, types of diseases. And the decline comes, it affects everyone at different stages. And it, it, it's just very sad because while there are medicines out there, cocktails, um, that can be given to an individual to help slow down the sign, it, it doesn't stop the progression, really.
1: No, dementia is a long-term fatal disease, and it's been described as the long, slow goodbye.
2: It is. And that's exactly what it is. Um, Having been a caregiver for someone that had Alzheimer's and dementia, uh, actually for a few people, it is a long, slow goodbye. And the closer you are with the person, the harder it is. It's almost like you're losing your loved one every day right because right. a little piece of them just gets worn away
1: i like the the fact that you said alzheimer's and dementia because there are mixed dementia. somebody can have alzheimer's and vascular dementia Absolutely. somebody can have louis lewy, lewy body and frontal lobe dementia and that just complicates things even further and even makes it difficult to figure out how to respond to that person and how the medicines that
0: work for one don't work for another mm-hmm
1: or only work for a very short period of time. And sometimes it's just not, the medications that we have available now only work for a small amount of people for a short amount of time. And when I was at the um, international conference, uh, Dementia Dementia Care Conference in Toronto in April, all of the researchers basically told us nothing they have is working now. Um, So that was a bit of information that kind of took us back. But there's so much research going on, so we, we're definitely going to be hopeful that that's going to change. But
2: oh, oh, we could have a whole conversation on that. <laughs> oh my goodness! I just let me stop. Don't even. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. oh my goodness. And, and it, it 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 is what it is. We are, you know, the body, the mind, the brain. We're such complicated um, individuals that that it's just really hard for you know medical society to to figure it out. Maybe they're on the wrong track altogether, you know, but again, that's, that's another conversation. Something else that people should be on the lookout. And, and this is something that can often be misdiagnosed as well is, um, pseudo bulbar effect.
0: What is that?
1: Oh, please tell our our listeners what that is.
2: Okay. So pseudo bulbar effect is when a person begins to hysterically or uncontrollably laugh or cry.
1: Oh yeah, I have heard most, of that.
2: Yes, in the most in the most inappropriate manner. Or sometimes somebody might tell a joke and they just might not be able to stop. So this really is a disease. And the tricky part about this is that there is um a medicine out there that you might have seen it's called nudexta. Now, people that have dementia might often or sometimes, depending upon the individual, show signs of hysterically laughing or crying. And if you have someone that you're not sure what's going on with them, make sure that, you know, you take them to your regular MD, take them to a neurologist or a gerontologist. In fact, I would do all three before an individual is put on a particular drug because the drugs that they would use for pseudobulbar effect, which is also known as DBA, um can be dentri- detrimental to an individual that has dementia. And that, these these things that cross over, um, the, the effects that come from different diseases, there are, are, there are over 100 types of dementia so we really have to be vigilant and not just you know not rush to think that everything is is you know dementia because something's a little off just just for people to be aware of that you know look at all of your options
1: one of the things that we found with with roger was very often when a medication was prescribed for him and they would list the side effects. Say it might say it will induce sleep, he, w- he would be awake for a couple of days, or if you know it would cause weight loss, he would all of a sudden begin gaining weight. It was almost every single time he got a new medication, his reaction to it was exactly the opposite of what the doctors suggested might happen. And I heard that when you give somebody the medication for Alzheimer's and they have Lewy body that frequently happens. You're right. And we didn't, and we didn't find out until Mike, Mike's dad had actually passed and I was reading his medical records from the hospital that the word Lewy body dementia was first uh, uh, appeared in our case. And nobody had ever right. said that to me. Now, back at the time that he passed away, Lewy body was not nearly as well known as it is now. And, and that's it's
0: still not very well-known, right?
1: And yes, but it's also growing really, really right. fast.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, that's
2: one thing that I would recommend to caregivers, and this might help reduce a little bit of anxiety and stress potentially, is to keep records. Take notice of when there is, like, really physically write it down. The medication, the milligrams, when changes are um, done to the medication, and the effect that it has on the person that you're caring for, because oftentimes, you know, medication really will mess with an individual's psyche, and that's that's very important to be aware of. Don't always just say, you know, they're, you know, they've just lost it or whatever. It, there could be a reason behind that, and when we're dealing with that. There's, you know, for caregivers, there's always a lot of stress involved.
0: Yes. Yes. Lots of stress. Um, do you, by any chance, have any tips uh, for the listeners on some strategies on how to release stress?
2: I do. I do. I do. <laughs> um, yeah. from, from it. And these are tried and true things. These are things that have worked for me. And if we have caregivers out there, if they're going to work for you, too, if you follow through. I am not an athletic person, okay? But exercise is really important. It's, we need it to keep our hearts healthy. We need it to keep our minds healthy. We need to move it or we lose it, as, as the commercial so says. So we don't have to be athletic, but you know what? We do have to get out, walk, do your cardio. It's not a big deal. If you you know drive to work, park your car a little further, Take the stairs. Do little things when you come home from a hard day's work and you have to, you know, feed your loved one or change them or whatever your responsibility may be. I get we don't have time. We're not going to be able to run out to the gym. Like, grab some hand weights while you're in front of the television and just, you know, do a couple arm lifts, do some leg lifts, do march in place, but so move it. If you have someone who is a wanderer, My mom started to wander, and she started to wander, and that was something that was towards the end of her days. Um, But I needed to try try and tire her out as much as I possibly could during the day so I could get at least a couple of hours of sleep during the night. And on the days when I would give her more physical activity, uh, she just seemed to adjust better to the flow.
1: I'm I'm glad that you mentioned the wandering and in the need to tire them out because so many people that I've talked to or heard from in the caregiving world and they start talking about their loved one wandering they're often talking about that person getting up and walking through the house you know throughout the day you know wandering from room to room or um, even through the night mm-hmm. forgetting that it's it's not good for them to just sit and watch TV all day, or to sit in their room, um,
0: stare at the walls, and
1: stare at the walls. And I remember when when Mike's dad was first with us, and he would say, "What do you want me to do today?" And I'm thinking, this is an elderly man, and he's in my care. He doesn't have to do anything. And I say, "Oh, you don't. You know, I've got this." You, and finally, one day in frustration, he said, "I can't loaf all day long." So he really wanted to have jobs to do and it it made a big difference in in how he felt about himself. And he, he did, he always put the dishes away. He always went and and got the mail when he was still able to walk. Um, and it, it still wasn't enough for him. So I went and I bought him a feather duster so he could, he could dust And you know, he would dust upstairs on, on Monday and dust downstairs on Tuesday and, um, You've never seen a uh, feather duster wielded like that one was. I mean, <laughs> but also because he had a job to do when he would wake up in the morning and it might've been three o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the morning, he would do his, up. He was, he was dusting every room upstairs except for our bedroom because the door was closed. And when I would get up in the morning, I would open the bedroom door and the duster would be sitting on the floor in front of the door. Um, but it definitely gave him a sense of value and contributing to the household. So yes, when you have somebody that's wandering through the house and sometimes they try to wander outside, but just think about sitting in a chair all day long, every single day. You you, want to get up and you want to move around.
0: Another little funny nugget with my dad was when he would unload the dishwasher, he never put anything in the same place twice. So if you needed something, we we just used to call treasure hunt. And she would start on one side of the kitchen and I would start on the other. And we would check every cabinet high and low to find and to see who won the treasure hunt. Oh, my
2: gosh. Well, I, I hope you found the stuff that you were looking for. There are still some things that have gone missing. And if, almost five years later, I'm still looking for stuff. And every now and again, something will pop up and I'll be like, Wow.
1: Well, the Tupperware lids used to disappear on a regular basis. And what we discovered was there's a there's a drawer in, in the kitchen where we put the lids. Uh-huh. And if he couldn't fit it in there, he figured we didn't need it and he threw it away.
2: Okay. He, he was probably <laughs> right, though, on that one,
1: right?
0: <laughs> well, that would make me go through all the Tupperware out and match lids up and then throw out the Tupperware containers that didn't have lids. So. It kind of served a purpose,
1: right? (laughs) You You cleaned out
0: that Tupperware.
1: Well, a kind of, you know, it was a it was a life lesson. If there's no room for it, you don't need it. Let it go. Well, you know what? As
2: a certified dementia practitioner, I have to tell you honestly, everyone wants to feel that they're needed, that they they have a sense of purpose. They've lost some memories, but the need, you know, to feel loved, to want to be touched. You know, when your loved one's agitated, something is depending upon the individual and depending upon the circumstances, if something uh that's happened where, you know, they're unhappy or they're sad, you know, they need to be touched. They 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 might need a gentle hug. Um, so that that's important. We we kind of forget that from time to time, you know. And and Bobby, you were so right about, you know what, gives them something to do. I had brooms everywhere where there was bare, uh, we have a lot of wood in, in our house and we also have a big dog. At some point in time, my the dog became the horse, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> but uh, with, with the, you know, there was horse hair everywhere. So it was like, okay, you you know, if you saw two or three black dog hairs on a on a gray floor, it's, it, it, you know, a travesty. But room for everywhere in the house, it kept her busy. You know, so if you have that loved one that likes to fidget or that needs to do something if, as long as they can do it safely, like folding laundry, if it's laundry you care about, and they don't fold great, don't give that to them. Let them fold towels. You know, it, it really is important. And that occupies them for a little while. Maybe it'll give the, the caregiver a chance to go sit down and read the newspaper in peace for, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. It's a win-win.
0: Well, I know in the, um, in the case of my dad, when you would give him a chore to do, regardless of how intense or how simple it was, it wore him out. And so he would always get that downtime of of rest, if you will.
1: Well, I was thinking of um, when it reached the point that he really couldn't walk very much anymore, and he was pretty much confined to one floor of the house, trying to figure out something for him to do. I actually went to Michael's and I picked up a a latch hook kit and he wasn't actually able to wrap the yarn around the hook and then pull it through so either me or our home care helper would sit with him and wrap the yarn around the hook and then he would pull it through and he made the most amazing little rug um, for his great granddaughter it's now an absolute treasure now I thought it would take him, you know, a few weeks, and he started it when our daughter was pregnant, and Ava was eight months old when he finished it. Um, but it's a, it's an absolute treasure. So th- there are things that you can find for them to do, and for men, sometimes it's sorting nuts and bolts.
2: Yep. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yep. And another thing I would, you know, recommend for the the
2: the caregiver um is if you are into meditation. Now meditation isn't a it, it's not something that you need a lot of time to do. It could simply be walking outside, you know, in your backyard or going to a park and breathing in some fresh air and just focusing on your breath for 60 seconds.
1: One of the tips that I learned at the, the at one of the conferences that we went to was something where you you hold up your hand and you run your your finger up the side of your thumb to the count of four at the top of the thumb you count to four and exhale on the way down and you do that for each finger and that controls your breathing it kind of releases some of the stress and it only takes a few seconds to do
2: yeah yeah even saying words like mantras body um, I put out an ebook that's available and it's called Caregiver Mantra Meditation. And whatever your emotion of the situation is for the day, if you want to just uh, say you're having a stressful day, you could pull out a mantra. Let's just say your day is frenzy and you can say something like, you know, hmm, with the frenzy of the wind, like the willow tree, I bend. You could think <laughs> about it, right? You got a tree, uh-huh. the willow tree, it moves back and forth. You have to learn to just allow something to happen and accept that we can't control everything over it. And that's really important when you're having a difficult day with your loved ones. You know, you can't control that individual. You have to step into their reality and just allow it to be.
0: That's right. They can't come to where you are. You have to go where they are.
2: Absolutely,
0: guys. Well, Penny, it's been absolutely wonderful talking to you today, and I'm sure our listeners got a whole lot out of um, hearing your story. Um, We are going to put a link to Caregiver Mantra Meditations on the uh, Roger That website, and we're also going to put a link to your uh, caregiverstrategist.com on the website.
2: That is great. I look forward to anybody that needs help. Just feel free to, to reach out. You guys have been a blast.
1: Penny, I am so glad to count you as one of my friends, not only a caregiver friend and a teacher and a mentor in so many different ways. Like you said in the beginning, we always learn from one another and I look forward to spending more time with you in the caregiving world.
2: You got it, Bobby. Mike, it's been wonderful. Thanks so much for this great opportunity.
0: Thank you so much. It's been an absolute joy.
1: Mike, we can never overstate the importance of ensuring that the caregiver finds time for themselves.
0: Correct. And I think it's interesting what you said about your hand. I had never heard that before, and I was sitting here doing it. And I don't know if you saw me, I was doing it myself.
1: Breathe in to the count of four, hold to the count of four. Exhale to the count of four.
0: Interesting, and again, controlling your breathing, finding that moment of zen. I think we've talked about that on a on another episode. And I think it was interesting what she said about keeping records to to keep track of changes, whether they be small or whether they be large. That was uh, that was kind of a, a pretty important point there.
1: Uh, we always think we're going to remember.
0: <laughs> I absolutely always think I, I'm, I'm sorry. What was I saying? <laughs> But um, she mentioned something about wandering. And can you share with the listeners a uh, tip um, about wandering uh, to bring this this episode to a close?
1: Well, as a matter of fact, um, since I'm on so many caregiving sites and um, a lot of times caregivers ask questions, and one of them that often comes up has to do with somebody who wants to leave the house. And one caregiver asked, what can I do to keep my dad from from leaving the house without putting a lot of locks on the door? And I was pleased to be able to tell her that there are actually door-sized decals available that you can cover your door with that look like a bookcase. So it doesn't look like there's a door there at all. Um, It's also possible to paint the door the same color as the walls around it so it blends in and one very um unique tip that that can work is if you put a very dark throw rug in front of the door it looks to them like there's a hole in the the floor and they won't cross it
0: right self-preservation
1: so there's a few things that you can do like any but any tip that has to do with caregivers it may work today it may not work tomorrow uh it may work for your person in care, it might not work for someone else, but definitely these are some tips that you can use. You can find more information about Penny on our show website at rogerthat.show. This has been Roger That. I'm Bobby,
0: And I'm Mike.
1: We are dedicated to guiding you through the heavy haze of dementia.
0: So please subscribe to the show, go on to iTunes and post a review. Reviews are very, very important to us. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter, Let us know how we can help you, or if you have a particular question you'd like for us to address, or if you'd just like to say hi, please do. And to find out more about us or where Bobby will be speaking next, head on over to RogerThat.Show. That's Roger, R-O-D-G-E-R, that.show. Missing Link is a proud partner of Hearing Charities of America, a nonprofit organization that supports those who are deaf or hard of hearing. You can find out more about HCA on our website or go to hearingcharities.org.
1: Roger That is produced by Missing Link, a media podcast company dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content.